0: You are now tuned in to the Jags Den podcast, the official podcast of the Jaguars Wire, brought to you by USA Today Sports Media Group, and also the number one Jaguars podcast on the airwaves. What's good, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the Jags Den podcast, episode 49. Of course, as you all know, I am your host, James Johnson, and managing editor of the Jaguars Wire that is jaguarswire.usatoday.com and of course the Jags Den is the official podcast for the Jaguars Wire so for today's episode and I'm reporting live at around 10 30 p.m Eastern Standard Time on August the 30th as everybody know our final cuts are going about right now and that's what we're going to be talking about so I'm going to be riding this one solo Jacob and Phil couldn't join me this time around but shout outs to them We'll have them on sooner rather than later, as usual. Um, and um, also while I'm at it, I want to shout out our new two, our two new writers in Will Frost and Daniel Griffiths, who will be joining us next week in terms of uh, getting some articles up and, and whatnot with the regular season starting. And, uh, you know, we will be uh, heading towards playing the Kansas City Chiefs for the regular season opener week one, which should be an exciting one. So shout outs to them. And uh, we are certainly glad to have them at the Jaguars Wires. So, of course, you can follow me at sportsground underscore done. You can follow Phil at Phil the Filipino. Uh, That's F-I-L-I-P-I-N-O. And you can follow Jacob DeLawrence under underscore J-D-E-L-A. That's Jadella. So feel free to shoot those guys a follow on Twitter. Uh, as well as at the Jaguars Wire for the Jaguars Wire Twitter handle, at Jags Den Podcast for the Jags Den Podcast handle. And, of course, you can also find us on various platforms, Um, a lot of the major ones, uh, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Of course, the most popular one would be iTunes, so feel free to shoot us a, um, some comments, subscribe, rate, uh, this, that and the other passing on to your friends so we can get up there in the rankings and, um, you know, get more listens as we uh, are doing pretty good as it is. But of course, you know, we always could use more. So that being said, we also are on the audio boom network with our USA Today comrades and the other wire site podcast. Uh, just go ahead and follow us on that. Just go to audio boom Search USA Today Network, and then um, most of the podcasts will, or not most, but all of them will pop up. And you can go ahead and check us out on there as well. So we're going to get on to the show, as everybody knows. And as I said, uh, final cuts are going on right now. Uh, The Jaguars have until 4 o'clock Eastern Standard Time tomorrow, which will be, what, August the 31st. And, uh, yeah, to get their roster down to 52 men, they already got an early start uh, this morning. They were probably one of the first teams to start making cuts. And, um, of course, they just they threw the shocker out at us to begin the morning, and that was uh, to cut Dayton Jones, who had been impressing in the preseason and doing good things. Uh, but we'll we'll get into that later first before we get into that. However, um, some non-related cut news. I, well, I guess it's a transaction-related news, uh, you could say, but – the first thing I wanted to talk on was the news with Jake Ryan because he wasn't cut, but the team will be holding on to him. Uh, of course, as we all know, he had the ACL tear, I think it was last year in practice in August while with the Green Bay Packers. And, uh, you know, he was recovering from that. Had a setback in the summer. I think that was July the 25th that I wrote that article. Uh, and um, he hasn't seen the field since signing with the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, this spring. And uh, you know a lot of people have been worried about him. So uh, according to Ian report, they're going to put him on the reserve NFI list, which basically is just like injured reserve. He'll be eligible to come back just as you would if you was on if a player was on injured reserve. Uh, so that said, um, you know it looks like he isn't progressing as he had that setback according to Doug Marone. And like I said, that was reported on the twenty fifth. So I guess we'll see. You know if he makes a recovery around, you know, that six-week mark, and maybe the Jags will activate him. I guess it kind of depends on if they need linebacker depth or whatever the case may be. So we'll have to wait on that as he was a guy that, you know, Dom Capers, who was the defensive advisor for the Jags, uh, was a guy, you know, that thought highly of Ryan. And uh, he previously played with the Packers, or should I say Capers was previously with the Packers, coached with them, which is where, uh, Ryan came from um and I guess he you know kind of banged the table for the Jags to sign him they didn't sign him for too much I think he's guaranteed like one million dollars over the course of two years so for those worried about a cap hit or whatever the case may be in terms of like a contract this really didn't hurt him or the Jaguars should I say um but me and Jacob actually talked about that in the podcast before so uh, that being said it don't really hurt him financially or anything like that it was more of a um you know, a, a low-risk, high-reward type of situation. Um, they didn't really invest too, too much into him. And, I mean, who's to say he won't come back mid through midway through the season and provide him with some help in the linebacking core, which, you know, the depth there is kind of inexperienced and, and a little bit skeptical, if you will. But, again, time will tell um, as, you know, he tore that, I think it was the left ACL. And then back in Michigan in 2013 when he was in college, he tore that ACL, uh then so that was what a 5 year span that he's been dealing with that and now he has to setback so uh yeah some very concerning things going on with Jake Ryan right now but again uh i guess we'll see we'll monitor his situation in 6 more weeks if the Jags need him they can pull him off of ir and and uh get him on the field hopefully now as for the cuts which that's pretty much what I'm going to talk on on this podcast again I try not to make them too long when I'm doing it solo. Uh, But again, the Jaguars got going with their cuts early this morning. We're talking nine o'clock ish, ten o'clock ish, somewhere around there. So, uh, like I said, the most shocking cut was Dayton Jones. But before we get into him, uh, we'll just I'll just list off all of the cuts that I have at least listed on our Jaguars tracker on Jaguars wire. So, of course, it's Dayton Jones. And he was cutting alongside Savion Smith and Terrell Pryor. That was the first wave right there that happened around, again, like 10 o'clock in the morning. Then it was Alex McGuff, who uh, Michael DeRocco reported from ESPN. Uh, Of course, you know, we were kind of, I guess I'll talk on it later, but it's not a shocker that they cut him. Um, Again, we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, Safety, CJ Revis, which was a shock. Linebacker, Connor Strachan, is it? Yep, Strachan. Running back Thomas Rawls, offensive tackle Josh Wells. That's another surprise. Linebacker Ramique Wilson. Linebacker Davis Toll. Cornerback Tay Hayes, who a lot of people were high on, including myself. We'll talk about that. Um, defensive tackle, Michael Hughes, defensive tackle, Kalani Fakamil. Pete, please um, excuse me for butchering that. So we're going to just call him uh, Kalani V uh for short. <laughs> Ethan Wolf. Uh, tight end tight end Donnie Ernsberger, and then cornerback Picasso Nelson a lot of people were high on him as well including myself and then Lyndon Johnson defensive lineman and of course like I said of these cuts the first one we're going to start with is none other than Dayton Jones who a lot of people were disappointed that he was cut you know I talked about him in the last podcast And uh, him and it was DeJuan Smoot kind of viewed as bubble guys. And, you know, of course, the big deal has been Taven Bryan, who has struggled mighty, mightily, continued to struggle uh, this week, although he did get a sack and made a few impact plays. But he was going to get second and third stringers. So you could take that for what it's worth. But there were some concerns that Taven Bryan would cause them to. Let go of a very good player, maybe on the defensive line or elsewhere. And it looks like it has come at the expense of Dayton Jones. And I mean, I mean, I I really agree with the people on this one, the fans. As I said last week, personally, I would have just went heavy on the offensive line. I'm sorry. Or um, I would have gone heavy on the defensive line. Carry in 10 people because you can't cut Taven Bryan, as we all know. And I know a lot of people threw it out there on Jaguars Wire on the uh, Facebook page to trade him or just cut him. Well, you don't want to deal with a dead, dead cap money that they would have to deal with because they just signed him a year ago. And in looking how he in looking at how he struggled, nobody probably would be interested trade wise. And then again, like another thing is, why would you cut him when you just drafted him? Last year, not only do you want to get up, not want to give up on that kind of a talent or, or young talent, should I say, but at the same time, that's just a waste of a first round pick. If you just invested the first round pick in him in 2018 and you are letting him go in 2019, you know, that's. That's just bad business for the front office. I mean, you can argue that it was probably bad business that they drafted him. And, you know, we, we've we argued that case many times on the Jaguars wire. We would have went elsewhere with that pick. But that's beside the point. That said, that would just be silly. You know, if you can't trade him and you can't cut him without a dead cap hit, and you wouldn't want to do that anyway because, like I say, he's he's relatively young and he could develop in the future. But that would just be really silly on the Jaguars part to let go of a player that they just drafted in the first round they just what spent the number 28 pick on him last year and you know that's just throwing the pick away you might as well just ball up the paper and throw it in the trash can uh that you sign their name on and, and let Goodell take it to the podium with like that's just kind of it makes no sense to do that so uh they're in a nutshell, like I was saying, this is what I was basically saying in a roundabout way last week. They're stuck with him, at least for another year. And they got to just hope he develops in, you know, during the regular season. If not, go with the plan that I said, just they might have to swallow their pride and admit that they came up on a bust and just sit him, make him inactive for, for four, five, six, seven or whatever the case may be games uh, if he's not you know getting getting it done and practicing, and not impressing and put somebody else out there on the field that would be getting it done like Dayton Jones or whoever the case may be the one but obviously it won't be Jones because he's been let go uh he released a message on Twitter um saying that you know he would he wanted to be in Jacksonville and he liked what they had going this that and the other I'm kind of paraphrasing him there but um It's so unfortunate that they're letting a guy go, you know, in in this day and age when the big deal is, you know, rushing the passer or having an elite quarterback. And Tom Coughlin knows that more than anybody. So I don't really understand this move. But at the same time, I guess I do understand it. And it's basically coming at the expense of Taven Bryant, a mistake they made last year. And uh, hopefully, you know, this doesn't bite them in the behind. I mean, they still have good depth. We just talked about DeWan and They got guys back there that could do some things and that have talent. But, I mean, it's just kind of puzzling. You see guys like Eli Ankoy still on the roster. Like, I don't understand why he wasn't a part of the cuts as well. But Dayton Jones is one of the first ones you get rid of. It kind of makes no sense to me whatsoever. But I guess in the end, we'll just have to see once again if it works out. If the Jaguars rotation is pretty good. I mean, I think it's it looks pretty solid even without Dayton Jones, but you would like to have him there. Uh, But time will tell. And uh, hopefully we're not looking back at this move and and are are like, dang, we should have held on to Dayton Jones. But we'll see. So um, Terrell Pryor is another notable on this list. That's not shocking because he barely played. I think he had three catches for, like, over 20 yards in the preseason, and that was week three against the Dolphins. But aside from that, he's been banged up. He's been dealing with hamstring issues that sidelined him for the other three weeks of the preseason. So they really didn't get a good look at him in terms of outside of the practice field. And, um, you know, they just didn't want to waste a roster spot on him. And you can't blame him. And one of the things they've been preaching is health, health, health. Well, You don't want to go into the regular season with a guy that has a messed up hamstring and can't contribute for you week one, albeit he'll be a number six receiver. But, you know, you would think they want the healthiest receiving core going into week one against the Chiefs as possible. So can't really blame them there. Alex McGuff. You know, I really like what I saw out of Alex McGoo. I'm sorry, not McGuff, but I really like what I saw out of him. And then. Not only that, but in the season finale, the preseason finale against the Atlanta Falcons, he showed his athleticism again, which we had previously saw. You know, not not so much. He, he didn't really impress so much as a passer. Aside from that one pass where he broke out of the pocket, I think that was against the Eagles and threw the ball down the field for like 40 yards and almost hit a receiver for a touchdown. Uh, but I think it was like batted down at the last minute or kind of, you know, the ball was affected before it hit the receiver's hand or, or whatever the case may be. But aside from that throw, he hasn't really been impressive as a passer. So you can understand why they they took their chances and put him on the waiver wire. And you would think he's going to be a practice squad guy, but really he hasn't really put that body of work together in terms of a passer for them to be like super concerned that he won't clear the waiver wire. But then again, like I said, that athleticism, you know, a, a team might see that and say, hey, we, we need to snag this guy up. But I'm not overly concerned about him uh, being snatched up. I think he'll be on a practice squad. I think he'll escape the waiver wire. And I think when it's all said and done tomorrow on Saturday, the Jacksonville Jaguars will be able to bring him back onto their practice squad. CJ Reeves was another surprising one, the safety from Marshall. I think they got him out of undrafted free agency last year. And uh, this year, he he started off the hot, uh, the preseason hot. I think it was week one against the Ravens. He was making all of the tackles. I think he had like four or five or six tackles. And he was just out there clapping the pads, man, laying the lumber. And and people were like, oh, man, like, Revis might can push Gerard Wilson for a safety spot. And it looked like he could. But uh, the following week, he kind of struggled. But nonetheless, like, he looked like a quality depth piece at the least. And here we are. They're letting him go. Now, I think... What this might have to do with is the whole TJ Ward thing. They worked him out, so we'll see if they want to sign him. TJ Ward is a guy that has much, much more experience experience, experience than um, CJ Reeves, who was in his second year. TJ Ward, we're talking about a thirty one year old here, like a ten year, nine year veteran that's like a three time Pro Bowler that has won a Super Bowl. So maybe that has something to do with it. Maybe they can get him on a cheap. And I, I, one thing I do think. They believe is maybe putting Ward back there, uh, a guy that is older and more experienced with this very young secondary would really boost uh, boost the, the overall group because that's what they're really missing. They're they're missing that OG type of guy. So maybe that's what they're thinking. Or maybe they see somebody or, or believe somebody on the waiver wire would be an upgrade over CJ Reeves. I guess ultimately time will tell uh, how that goes. And actually, real quick, another thing before I move on from Revis, uh, you remember we were talking about the story me and Jacob actually did that episode uh, with Revis. I think it was posted on Instagram with the um, the guys in the locker room. You know, they, they're kind of raging out. I mean, albeit they were just having fun and meant nothing by it. But. Maybe that video struck a chord with Tom Coughlin. I mean, maybe I'm just digging, and maybe that video meant nothing. But we all know how Tom Coughlin is a no-nonsense guy. And what I'm saying is, like, this move to let Reeves go kind of, kind of doesn't make sense unless they can get a guy like T.J. Ward. And, like, you think about things like that, instances like that, as to why the Jaguars might let him go. And another thing is, I don't know if C.J. Reeves might be practice squad eligible. I know he was— Promoted to the regular or, or the um the regular roster earlier or, or late in last season in 2018, but I don't know if that made him or, or did he see the feel enough to not be practice squad eligible. That's another thing to consider here. Maybe they can stang him up on practice squad and uh, you know have him waiting just in case something happened. They kind of do what they did last year in 2018 when they were going through some injuries on the uh, defensive side. So. Um, That was another one. Um, Thomas Rawls kind of kind of surprising, I guess you could say. But I think like the thing with running backs on the waiver wire, you could find guys. And I got one on my list here, which I'll name later, who uh, was cut that they may bring in. But, you know, when it comes to running backs on the waiver wire, maybe they feel like, you know, those guys are kind of easily. you could you could kind of snag a guy off of the waiver wire in terms of a running back, and they can come in and contribute. That's one of the easier positions to hit on in terms of the waiver wire. So, uh, from that perspective, it makes a little sense. Um, Rawls, I mean, he he kind of flashed a little bit. He was running hard out there, high effort guy. But at the same time, I don't know. Like if I would exactly lose sleep for that cut, if you will, like some people are. Um, the next one was Josh Wells. Of course, now, Josh Wells has long been with the team, I think four or five years as a reserve uh, swing tackle for them. He he wrote a uh, letter on Twitter, I think, or it might have been Instagram, saying his goodbyes and whatnot. Um, So, you know, that was a tough one for him. You know, he had been there so long and got acclimated, got re-signed on a, like a minimum wage type of deal this offseason and came back. But um, I think the Jazz kind of had enough of him in terms of like, what he offered as a swing tackle and he wasn't very good to say the least um and i think what was telling is when um Doug marone came back from the um the, it was the infamous press conference where he saw marquise lee and uh cam robinson uh he checked in on them in terms of their status and would they be ready for the regular season and During the process, of course, we all know he kind of came back down and kind of sad and depressed. Like I said, one one um, media member even said it went as far as saying like it was like somebody shot his dog. But the status of those two, which was questionable for week one, kind of put him in a, a down, not necessarily bitter, but just like this depressed mood during the press conference. And a lot of people could feel that energy. And I think it was telling when the media asked him who would be the guy that would play for Cam Robinson, if he wasn't able to go, you know, he was like, uh, you know, it could be Wells. It could be a it could be, and I'm just paraphrasing him here. It could be um, Leonard Wester or or one of those guys. But yeah, it was a kind of nonchalant attitude, if you will, like regardless as to who it is, he didn't feel confident in him. You know what I'm saying? Like he didn't, he didn't exactly give, you the best vibe in terms of his confidence in those options, in Akbuhi, uh Wells, and uh, and it was one more that I'm missing here, Leonard Wester. So that being said, like that I think that was telling of how he felt about the offensive tackle depth. Don't be surprised if they get an offensive tackle in the waiver wire. And I've also been a big advocate of bringing in um, Big V. I, I'm not going to even try to pronounce his name from the – Philadelphia Eagles, who it was rumored to be on a trade block. And um, he's a guy that the Jazz maybe can get for a late round pick. We all know they got extra picks in next year's draft. So maybe, uh, you know, solidify that depth there and, and get somebody that John Filippo is familiar with. You know, he like I said, he played with the Eagles block for Nick Foles during the Super Bowl. And, and when Jason Peters went down that year, they went to the Super Bowl. So that's a guy maybe they're eyeing. Um, that's just a guess. You know, just speculation on my part. I would love that move personally, uh, because the the depth. I mean, nobody has good depth on the offensive line. That's a that's another thing that I know a lot of people like go, hey, the offensive line, the backup offensive line isn't blocking all that well for Gardner Minshew in these preseason games. Well, really, nobody that's a second string quarterback is getting good blocking if they're out there with a reserve offensive line. Okay? I mean, nobody in this league really, aside from maybe the Eagles, and, again, they're trying to trade guys, have that depth that you want in terms of an offensive line. And, I mean, that's just the way the league is. You know, if you don't draft these guys uh, to be starters, the, the linemen you typically draft to be reserves typically don't work out. That's just the way of the league. You know, and you kind of – as if you're a quarterback – you kind of just have to do your best and make do what you have if you, you're you being placed behind one of these reserve offensive lines during the preseason. I mean, and, and that's how you, you know, make a name for yourself as a backup quarterback is making the throws despite the pocket being not the best and the block not being the best and the run game struggling. Um, that's, that's what separates the, in my opinion, in some cases, that's what separates the good reserve quarterbacks. And it's not a lot of them as well from the bad ones. So. That being said, uh, you know, Wills is a guy that obviously he'll probably be missed in the locker room because he probably has a good bond with the offensive line and, and the guys in the locker room. But um, I think the Jaguars have a plan there. So uh, Tay Hayes is a guy, I mean, rookie. undrafted out of, I think it's Appalachian State. Uh, I've been raving about him. Not a surprise. And I've, I've actually said this in a podcast in the past. It's not a surprise that. Uh, they cut him because they're probably am him as a practice squad guy. And with his size, I think he's like 5'9", 5'10", 180. You really, it's not, if you bring him on a final roster, it's not a lot you could do with a guy that small. I mean, and, and that's not to knock the guy. Uh, maybe you could put him in the slot or whatever. But the Jaguars already have their five starters or their five cornerbacks when you look at the depth chart. Uh, who are, I mean, they they are better than Tay Hayes. So, I mean, that was a position they were overcrowded at anyway. And Hayes did impress in the preseason. And he's a guy that, make no mistake about it, if he doesn't get snatched on the waiver wire, and I'm not too worried about that because, as I said, of the size, they'll they'll put him on practice squad. He's definitely worthy of a practice squad spot. But when you look at it, they got Jalen Boye. They have um DJ Hayden at uh, Nickel. They have uh, Trey Herndon as the fourth guy, and as the fifth guy, you're probably looking at Brion Borders. So between those five, all five of those guys are better than Tay Hayes. I don't know if you will find anybody that would say differently. So that's five cornerbacks. You're not going to take six cornerbacks on the roster. You know they they had to cut cut the weight somewhere, and it was Tay Hayes, unfortunately, who probably will be on practice squad. So um, he was one and um. Maybe I could see like Wolf and Ernsberger, both who are tight ends, maybe on practice squad, um, you know, as kind of those H back type of guys. We'll see. Uh, Picasso Nelson is the last one on this list. That's a notable guy. I mean, it goes back to what I was saying about Tay Hayes. They just they are just so deep at the cornerback spot. You're not going to carry six guys into the regular season. That makes no sense. And last year we saw they carried it roughly two or three cornerbacks. On the uh, practice squad, just in case, because I don't know, for whatever reason, the the cornerbacks have injuries in the regular season in terms of the guys on the main roster. So, you know, that's a, a position where you have to frequently get your guys from practice squad. So don't be surprised to see Nelson, who had a pick, who actually impressed, made some plays. He also had a sack, too. Uh, Don't be surprised to see him go on practice squad. But simply put, they just have great numbers at the cornerback spot. And, you know, you just can't keep all of those guys. So that that makes a lot of sense that they cut him early and look for him to be named on the practice squad tomorrow. Now, before we uh, wrap up the podcast, I guess I'll just kind of touch in and and, uh, go through some names in terms of uh, guys that other notables that were cut from other teams. And uh, I, I got a few guys highlighted here on my list. Um, Carolina's Cameron Artist Payne. Remember when I was talking about Thomas Rawls, I was saying I, I got a guy in mind that maybe the Jazz could snatch up and, you know, bring in and, and bring some help the depth at the running back position. Uh, he's a guy that I think I, I remember studying him at the senior bowl, watching him personally at the senior bowl. Uh, I, I like what I saw out of him. I don't know how much he's developed since, you know, with the Carolina Panthers, even though I do watch the Falcons heavily because I'm from Georgia. I'm, I'm a Falcons fan secondarily. Uh, but I don't remember Cameron Artis Payne in the field a lot. He was mostly a reserve. Uh, but he's a guy that fits their scheme, you know, a zone guy that could turn, uh, you, you know, that could change directions frequently. And he's got good weight to him, which the Jaguars obviously like. Because they got all of these these heavy type of, um, rugged type of running backs. Obviously, Leonard Fournette, uh, Raekwon Armstead, Alfred Alfred Blue. So um, Cameron Artist Payne, or we'll just call him Cap for short, is a guy that fits that description. We'll see if the Jaguars uh, pick him up. Because another thing, if I can recall, he was at the Senior Bowl participating in it when the Jaguars were coaching it. So they probably yeah yeah they. When Gus Bradley was there, so they probably know a great deal about him. I wouldn't be surprised to see them take a, a flyer on him and maybe give him a shot. Um, another guy, Luke Wilson, the tight end from the Oakland Raiders. A lot of you all know him from uh, Hard Knocks. He was pretty funny on Hard Knocks, actually, and uh, he was a guy, you know, as we all know, he's from Canada. But um, he previously, if I'm not mistaken, played with the Seattle Seahawks. And the Jaguars tried to sign him in free agency two years ago to no avail. I think he actually chose the Raiders over us. Uh, but now they have a chance to land him. You know, the depth at tight end is kind of questionable because, uh, as we all know, Swain is out with a foot injury, but he'll be back next week. And they expect him to play. The same applies for uh, the rookie Josh Oliver. But still, nonetheless, you know, you don't have the healthiest uh, depth there. At the moment, and and Wilson is a guy that definitely should be worth looking at. Don't be surprised if they show some interest in him. And lastly, Arizona wide receiver Feral Cooper. Uh, For those of you who follow me on Twitter, I probably saw the tweet already, but Cooper was a guy that JAD showed interest in in December of 2018 when he was uh, waived by the Rams, a former pro bowler as a kick returner or a punt returner, one or the other. And, um, yeah, they tried to pick him up on the waiver wire. They, I think it was the Giants, them, Arizona, and some other teams. But long story short, uh, Arizona got him because they were obviously the highest waiver priority, and now they've let him go. So he's a guy that the Jags might look into as a wide receiver six because, as we all saw with uh, Pryor and C.J. Board, who we've mentioned, and Trey McBride, you know, those guys kind of – um are kind of I don't well in in Terrell Pryor's case he's not an unknown of course but board you know you could you you could argue needs obviously probably some more development although he led the team in receiving and I think he should get the number six spot but you could see where the Jaguars would believe he needs more development same with Trey McBride he had a bunch of drops Uh, Same with Tyree Brady. He had a bunch of drops in the preseason. Those guys obviously aren't ready for prime time itself for maybe C.J. Board. So you can see why the Jaguars would maybe want a veteran savvy guy and maybe Pharaoh Cooper, who they showed interest in in the past and tried to get on the waiver wire. And need I remind you, they also could use some help in in terms of returning kicks and punts. Uh, He's a guy that may generate some interest from them and it wouldn't be surprised if they took a swing at him as well, So those are one, two, three, four names. I think we should watch out and watch out for in terms of notables that were cut by other teams that Jags could show interest in. Um Some other guys will probably come to mind later. I'll probably write about it and then post it on Jaguars Wire. Uh, so stay tuned on Jaguars Wire, by the way, for all the latest news, as far as these final cuts go, and uh, in terms of you know other notable cuts and whatnot that have been going on, and also follow me on Twitter at sportsgrind underscore don for the latest. Uh Also, as I posted on Twitter, we have the app. Of course, we long had that the Sports Wire app. Just search us on the Sports Wire, and um, it's like a, a little heart rate uh, logo. Uh, You you'll obviously know it's us because it'll say USA Today, whether you have iPhone or you have uh, Google or Android or whatever the case may be. I think we're available for all users. So feel free to follow us on that and go to the Jaguars Wire, jaguarswire.com or jaguarswire.usatoday.com. And as soon as you go there, we have a uh, prompt that will come up that asks you if you want to receive push notifications from us. So We'll have push notifications on these final cuts as well to keep you updated and, uh, you know, to keep you informed on the latest and Jags news as the Jaguars try to file that roster down by four o'clock tomorrow. So, all of that said, um, feel free once again to check us out on the various platforms on the web iTunes, uh, Rate Comics, subscribe, please, and share, um, Stitcher, tune in, audio boom. And many, many other platforms like Himalaya, uh, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, you name it. Pretty much every major platform, we're there. So feel free to check us out there. So that will do it for episode 49. Um, We might come back and do episode 50 tomorrow after the final cuts are made and give our analysis on that. Maybe I can get the guys together. Uh, Maybe not. Uh, Just stay tuned. Follow me on Twitter. I'll, I'll keep you up to date on all that stuff in terms of maybe another podcast. But uh, yeah, that's going to do it for episode 49. We'll be on episode 50 next time around. So we are reaching milestones here. So uh, continue to stay tuned and support us. And we appreciate the support. And uh, that being said, I'm going to wrap it up. I am James Johnson of the Jaguars Wire. And as we always say on every podcast, Miles Jack was not down.